Hello and welcome. I'm Eric. And I'm John. And this is the Wikipedia Chronicles. where we start with a random article, explore it, then follow the links and see where it takes us. John, uh, what do you have for us today? Uh, something that may actually drag us into the realm of very, very current affairs, if I'm Hmm. understanding the issue correctly. Pretty broad article here because it's the United States Department of Veterans Affairs. Interesting. You know, the people that look after our veterans after they come home (laughs) for the rest of their lives. It's a really nice perk of being in the armed services in America. You get to come home, have pretty world-renowned health care free of charge until the end of your days. Only of only limited, of course, by the factor of whether or not you live close to a VA hospital or far away from a VA hospital. They're not a huge network, but they are a national network, unlike other health insurance companies where you are restricted by your region. These are national, and so it's a pretty... Pretty good thing. Uh, They employ 377,805 people, so you know it's a massive outfit. Mm -hmm. And um, in fiscal year 2016, net program costs for the department were around $273 billion. Sounds like a lot. Probably is a lot. But when you think about what all they offer to their people, it's pretty good. That's a pretty affordable number, um, considering what they all can provide. Um... Technically, though, it's boiled down to this definition here in the article. It's a federal cabinet-level agency that provides near-comprehensive health care services to eligible military veterans at VA medical centers and outpatient clinics located throughout the country, several non-health care benefits, including disability compensation, vocational rehabilitation, educational assistance, that's a big one, the GI Bill, uh, home loans and life insurance, and provides burial and memorial benefits to eligible veterans and family war members uh, and family members at 135 national cemeteries. Hmm. So they kind of cover you front end of life getting education, middle end of life getting like a home loan, and end of life life insurance and uh, burial stuff too. So they yeah. they do a lot for that little 273 billion dollars. Um. So they uh, the reason why. It is uh, somewhat relevant to uh, uh, modern affairs is because recently it was uh, 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 talked about the VA, the VA being privatized mm. and split up, at least from the health and healthcare part of things, because uh, it's too good <laughs> and it proves that uh, one payer healthcare system nationally may work, mm-hmm. so they have to kill it. Um, mm. But there's little to no word on whether or not that'll actually happen and a lot of veterans are taking up arms against it because well they do really enjoy having free health insurance it's one of the nicest things uh, about yeah. being in the army hey that's that's pretty good for anybody right now yeah, yeah. and like it's really that's a really competitive that's benefit a, it's a very very nice perk yeah i will say 
if it stays. If it right. doesn't, then I don't know if you're going to have so many people like you want us to go to P- go to war and like potentially get PTSD and then come home and have no guarantee of health. No, I don't know about that. <laughs> that seems like a bad idea. Yeah. Any case, uh, that is about as interesting as my article gets because, again, it is not something that really goes into the uh, current uh, events with this. Mm-hmm. But um, what we can do is uh, just kind of see how it breaks down right now and kind of see what other uh, services are provided by this. It might be right. kind of interesting to see. Um, but... I don't really have anything else to say about it for right now because I feel like it's too meaty for me to go really mm. any further into it. Uh, so I'll yield to you and what you have today. Eric, what do you got? Right. Well, before I get into my random article, um, I just wanted to check in with Clan Nagale where we added the link up top for other clans, see Wu-Tang. <laughs> <laughs> and unfortunately, it has been removed. It's been we gave that um, a good long time, Do but you- yeah, it it has been a good while since we added that. Um, but there is a uh, like a little note at um with the hi- editing history part that where they removed it. Right, says the IP address of the editor who had added this has a history of adding such links. Seems to be viral mar- viral marketing or a personal joke. <laughs> <laughs> wow so there was we've I, only done this like five times so basically i i can't do it from my ip address anymore that's uh well i have to do it from my phone a, or i have to do it yeah, uh that's gonna somewhere be a red else flag. i'll just so have to my find other avenues and my i guess that's my ip address as well right at that that would have uh, been the last one that i did because we at that point established you couldn't log in well i know that one for that one i had logged out and, and then, then did it from your ip it. address um so i could have sworn that i did one though you did that you was did removed. do at least one or two um those were also removed so uh, unfortunately yeah our, both of our computers are compromised at this point <laughs> yes <Yeah. laughs> so. we're going to need to start getting like cheapo on android <laughs> devices and start flipping them like going to pawn shops and stuff it's going to get really shady here the wikipedia chronicles in a second yeah solely so, solely for the glory of wu-tang <laughs> One of these we have to get to stick. Uh, I don't know where it could be, but oh well. I mean, we'll figure it out. I mean, we have we live in an era where we can just like get a device and then sell it back for similar price that we paid. We don't have to lose right. money on this. We can we can make this work. We can do stealth. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> um, but yeah, my random article this time is. Sunflower, Never Shout, Never album. Um. <laughs> <laughs> this is the fifth studio album by American rock band Never Shout, Never. Oh. Re- released on July 2nd, 2013 by Loveway Records. And it features the band recording as a whole for the third time. Huh? The first being in Time Travel, the second on Indigo. And has such songs as New Sound, Good Times, Wild Child, I Need You, Falling Up, Subliminal Messages, Aeroplane, Sunflower, Malibu, 
Knock Knock, Old Timer, Ladybug, and Time Traveler Blues. Jeez. Seems like they like time travel. They do. And it also seems like they have possibly the most generic song names. <laughs> yeah. Like I feel yeah. like all of those have been song names by other bands. Probably, they're just, yeah. They're just not concerned with it. Yeah, that's th- not this what is they're here for. Very, very like very ge- generic. It's never shout never. Yeah. Fifth studio album. That's just for a band that we've never heard of. Yep. And what does that mean when it says that they've only recorded three times together? I guess maybe they swapped out some members at some point. Like they had, like this is the core group's third yeah. outing, and then they had like some switcheroo people towards the beginning of their or, days. Wait, it says uh, the first being on time travel and the second on indigo. Okay, so uh, apparently maybe their first album is What Is Love in 2010 and then their next album was harmony and then then it was time travel then indigo then sunflower so i'm thinking maybe after harmony they got a band switcheroo and then uh this is just kind of saying that this is the this iteration of the band's third time recording an album as a band all right that makes sense so yeah They've they've released a, another album since Sunflower called Black Cat, and they have another album to be released next year called Emerald Sun. So, all right. <laughs> so they're still cranking out yeah. a whole bunch of stuff. And also keep in mind this uh, this album has thirteen songs, and it is forty minutes long. So they are aiming to get on the radio at some point. <laughs> Very short songs. They they try to keep it short and poppy. There's only one song that reaches four minutes, and the other ones are half two in the two minute range, half in the three minute range. So, and the main singer of the band has a tattoo of an eagle <laughs> over most of his neck, which I would not have guessed. But you can see it. There it is. <laughs> he looks like a like a weird like Justin Bieber yeah but he's like like just (laughs) like if Justin Bieber was in Hot Topic 10 years ago Justin Bieber (laughs) came with tattoos really really like a gauged ear that kind of surpasses the need for gauged ears yeah like the point where it starts getting uncomfortable like it's no longer a punk thing it's now kind of like a, you're appropriating some sort of tribal african tradition sort of thing yeah um like like there's that level like after you're past a certain threshold it yeah you gotta rein that in a little bit mm-hmm. i i mean I, it's fine it's just <laughs> consider consider the following you did not create this idea and uh you may not you may not, you know, have a full appreciation of what it means. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sometimes we adopt these fads and uh, don't really pay attention to the original intent. Hey, man, gauged ears are just the dreadlocks of ears. <laughs> Very true. Basically. Uh, I don't want to run into a white guy that has dreadlocks and gauged ears. 
Oh yeah, yeah. It's uh, that's a conversation <laughs> waiting for me to walk away from. Although, is that uh Gary Oldman's character in True Romance? He at least has dreadlocks. I know that much. I know he has. He I know he has dreadlocks, but I don't know about. Uh, no, I think he does have gauges. Actually, yeah, yeah no, that's something. him. Yeah, no, that's definitely him. <laughs> and hey, it's a guy that I wouldn't want to meet. So there you go. That's true. I would not want to meet him. <laughs> Not necessarily not meet Gary Oldman, but right. not that the character. character. Yeah. yeah, there are plenty I mean, of other Gary Oldman characters. Being Gary Oldman wouldn't be bad. Yeah. Probably it depends on what he's playing. I guess he's like one of those <laughs> method actors. He's like Daniel Day Lewis, where he's in it until the part's done. Then yeah. I don't want to meet him. Like that might be scary. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. So we have a couple of places we can go to from either article. Yeah. Um. I mean, we're talking about. <laughs> Disabilities and colleges, senators, wars, government departments, um, levels of the government um, on the end of the United States Department of Veterans Affairs. And we're talking mm-hmm. about all of the music ever, because apparently these guys are signed to Never Shout Never. The band is signed to Warner Brothers Records, which <laughs> makes them actually a pretty viable uh, link for us to go to solely to bounce to other places because we have plenty of avenues through there. Right. Hmm. So it comes down to what do we want to look into here? Yeah, I guess um, we can either go the like more lighthearted route of American rock or just the general workings of a system in America. Do we want to go for American rock or do we want to talk about a system that says Americans <laughs> rock? I don't know. Um, an American system or a system that American rock bands sing about. Or, a, you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. The system itself or the people who sing about it? The system itself or the system of a down. <laughs> Still don't actually understand that band's name. System just for of the a down. It just seems like a grammatical misunderstanding. Yeah, I mean, I've never really thought about it, it before. It just seems but... like, like they were trying to go for an idea, and it wasn't quite like what maybe they meant, like hmm. a down system, a system that is down, the how a down works, the system of a down. Like system if you of are a, a down. A down is like the opposite of a high, so... Oh, okay, well, I looked, <laughs> I looked up uh, their article, okay, just because fair. I was curious... <laughs> The group took its name from a poem that Malakian had written titled Victims of a Down, which doesn't help clarify anything. Nope. The word victims was changed to system. Okay, so <laughs> we still don't understand Why victims of a down. That way? Yeah. I'm guessing it has to be the opposite of a high, right? Like, you're feeling down. Uh, yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Down. Yeah. Victims I, I of mean, a down. It seems like. Yeah. That's probably the closest thing. Uh, to yeah, what it could I think be. I think that's the best uh, theory so far. Just in any case, yeah. we don't have any access to that. So right. Let's, let's make uh, assuming we don't go the American rock route. Right, right, right. In which um, case, we would have to get over to the Armenian rock. And that's yeah. the whole, <laughs> have to cut out a C, <laughs> add an N, switch some letters around. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. I, Feeling a little more lighthearted tonight. Yeah, yeah, me too. I mean, 
it's not even that would necessarily be like downtrodden. I feel like the Department of but, Veterans Affairs yeah. does things right, so yeah, it wouldn't be bad. It seems pretty good, but yeah, it's maybe a little more bookish, yeah. boring kind of. Yeah, let's do the American rock route. We haven't done the American rock route in at least an episode, so let's yeah. <laughs> let's go for it. All right, Sunflower Never Shout Never album. So this is this is a warp tour type outfit, I guess. It would seem so, yeah. All right. Uh should we uh go right from this album to Back to the Band itself, Never Shout Never? That's probably a good idea. Let's just do that so we can get an idea of like what they are, what they're about. Yeah. So Never Shout Never. They're from Joplin, Missouri, formed in 2007. I would not have guessed Missouri. I don't. I wouldn't guess Missouri most <laughs> of the time. I wonder where Joplin is. I'm gonna, I'm gonna look at this on the side here while I read. The band consists of vocalist and guitarist Christopher Drew, bassist Taylor McPhee, and drummer Hayden Kaiser. The group has released six full-length albums and nine EPs since 2007. It's only ten years. That's, That's a pretty. Yeah. They're doing work substantial output there mm-hmm. the name never shout never originally referred to drew until the touring band previously referred to as the shout joined drew to form never shout never as a band with drew as a front man i'm not sure if mm-hmm. i understood that Okay. This is a system oh, wait, of a down uh, of a sentence, <laughs> is what this is. So the name Never Shout Never originally referred to Drew until the touring band previously referred to as The Shout joined Drew. So he was already referred to as Never Shout Never? So Never then, Shout Never The Shout? With The Shout? <laughs> it, maybe it's trying to say that like Drew had this name Never Shout Never and then he just happened to know this band The Shout and they joined together and now they're like oh well the name refers to their old name or something I don't know that may be where they're getting this whole uh, them recording together thing from anyway, uh, so that, that could be yeah maybe his first two albums were just him or something he could be one of those weird bands that was like just him, and then he like made the music bit to go on tour, obviously right. people, and then he like just locked down a ver- well versed, experienced yeah. touring band. So they all just kind of meshed after a minute. Well, maybe maybe that's what it's saying here. Originally referred to Drew until the touring band. So maybe it was he just recorded this stuff, mm-hmm. brought in the band The Shout to play it, right on like even the first albums and stuff to tour. And then, yeah, it's this kind of reminds or, me of how the band Faith No More got named or something. <laughs> you know how they were like Faith No Man, and then they kicked out the guy who was the man, <laughs> and so they just became Faith No More as a result of that. Like that's the story it's, of how they got their yeah. name. It's like similar to that. It's like this doesn't really make sense, but whatever, guys, <laughs> fine. And maybe this is even saying like from the beginning he was never shout never, and oh. then his touring band he was like, all right, you guys are the shout. Oh, he definitely like, was he never named. shout never because if you just take this hair and take it back to the emo times, <laughs> the emo lands of 2007, uh, Christopher Drew Ingle, which is his full name, 
began making music under the alias Never Shout Never, all lowercase, all one word, exclamation point at the end. That is very 2007. Very 2007, <laughs> very his hairstyle in 2007. He was age 16 at the time. So all right. of this is just boom, 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 tick, yep. tick, tick every box, tick yeah. all the boxes, <laughs> emo all the way, yep. full on. Um. His first exposure came through the internet, of course, where he achieved success on MySpace before issuing the EP, the Yippie EP, on uh, July 29th, 2008. So, even more boxes being checked? Yep. On July 30th, 2008, he was featured on TRL, uh, hmm. where he performed his single Big City Dreams, all one word. <laughs> uh, he toured with Hello Goodbye, all one word, <laughs> and Ace Enders. Surprisingly, two words, both capitalized, who knew, <laughs> in the fall of 2008. As of November 17, 2008, the official spelling of Ingalls' alias became never, capitalized, shout, capitalized, never, still all one word, exclamation point at the end. <laughs> the spelling was updated on iTunes and his management company's website. Never that seems shout- like an odd thing to specify. I want to like- have caps now, sometimes. <laughs> still like- all one word, though. Like, why Why does this article going out of its way to be like, all right, so after he made the name change, he updated the spelling on the iTunes and on the website. I mean, he also, like, made sure that his management company didn't update it that way, too. So he was, like, <laughs> thorough about it. Maybe that's why, because he, like, made such a point of it. They are like, well, we, I guess we should mention this. <laughs> it mu- must be notable for some reason, even though he was really only, like, it's essentially the only same name. Only three letters changed and... It was only it was one year. Capitalize them. It was only the other name for a year, anyway. So yeah, does it? Did it really? I don't know. Uh, art. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so he started uh, touring with the scene aesthetic, the honorary title, and the bigger lights in February 2009, and then toured with bands such as Forever the Sickest Kids, The Cab, We the Kings, and Mercy Mercedes among others in the spring 2009 in, in the spring of 2009 as part of the Bamboozle Roadshow 2009 he played at both the Bamboozle Left 2009 <laughs> and the Bamboozle 2009 he was feeling a lot of bamboozles a lot of bamboozles this kid <laughs> so very, uh, right after that he got signed on May 9 May 29th 2009 that uh, he got signed to Warner Brothers Records, ending a major label bidding war. Very surprising to me, considering how I've never heard of this guy or this band. Yeah, well, who are there? There were bidding wars for this. A major label bidding war. Why were they? Do labels have enough money to do bidding wars <laughs> now? Still. Well, this was two thousand nine, so it was. I guess maybe I guess it, still the age of the MP3 player getting towards nah. the end of their like big, big days. This seems like a it seems like a weird thing though to be like, <laughs> that's that's a relic. That's a thing of the past. Yeah. Bidding war, major label. Oh boy, no, I don't <laughs> think so. But as part of the deal, Ingle runs and make. Wait, huh? Ingle as part of the deal. Engel runs and make releases on his own imprint label, Loveway Records. Okay, so Loveway is his own thing. Oh, okay. Engel's alias became officially stylized as Never Shout Never, three words, no exclamation point. The summer was Engel's first release under Warner Brothers and was released on June 23rd, 
The first single from the EP titled Happy was released on iTunes on March 3rd, 2009. The self-titled EP was released in December 2009 and featured two songs from his upcoming debut album, What Is Love and Jane Doe. A re-recorded version of a song from the Yippie EP, She's Got Style, and a live version of a song from the Yippie EP, Big City Dreams, which, wasn't that one word before? Uh, yes. yes. Now it is three words. Well, it's three words now, because everything <laughs> else is two, so there. Uh, I guess this is the changeover when people realized that making everything all one word was not a great thing to do. They said hello to it, and then they said goodbye to it just as quickly. They said hello to it and goodbye to it so quickly, it could have just as been one word. Uh, but the debut album from Never Shout Never, What Is Love, was produced by Butch Walker, who I've never heard of, and released in January 2010. And Never Shout Never performed on the Vans Warp Tour 2010, and he toured the United States. So, definitely Warp Tour. So, I, I mean, I, I feel like... I probably should have heard of this person if he was such a big deal back then. But in any case, he... Wait, he headlined the their first Warp, Warp Tour in 2010. Uh, and then their second lang- full-length album, Harmony, was released in, the, in August of 2010. And then in October, November of the same year, November, Never Shout Never co-headlined the Harmony Tour not familiar with that tour, where the bands had fans gather canned foods to help those in need. Hmm. As a gift to the fans, Never Shout Never and The Main released a live split EP. The split EP was made available for free download on Never Shout Never's website. The band's hometown, Joplin, Missouri, was heavily damaged by a tornado in May on May 22, 2011. And following the destruction, Engel began a relief fund with United Way to raise $1.2 million for his hometown. To raise awareness about the devastation on Joplin, Engel took video footage of the destruction and posted it on YouTube um, in June of 2011. And the video, which features the song Time Travel, encouraged viewers to donate to the relief of the town via his United Way fund. The official music video for Time Travel was directed by Joey Bugadakis. And Never Shot Never's third album, Time Travel, was released on September 20th, 2011. In 2012, Engel revealed the uh, title of the group's fourth studio album in an interview with After the Press. And on September 20th, via his Twitter account, he announced the release date of the new album, Indigo, Never Shot Never's fourth full-length album, it was released on November 13th of that year. It debuted at 194 on the Billboard 200, a steep decline from the group's <laughs> previous high of 14, because that was when the music industry started falling apart, I think. Yeah. That was like the official like death knell, and now yeah, it's that just was, like... Yeah, was, it was getting pretty bad. Though. Yeah, and I feel almost like, with the exception of a few artists, that it's, it's primarily a lot... There's a lot of one-hit wonders again. Like It's yeah. not like a consistent uh, crew of like people who keep churning out hits. It's mm-hmm. like, well... Here's one, there's one. Um, The band toured the U.S. on the Indigo Tour in late 2012. Uh, Then in 2013, uh, Never Shout Never went back into the Warped Tour lineup after a three-year break during the Warped Tour. Ingalls said that he had 
also teamed with Band Happy, another <laughs> one word uh, thing, which is an organization in which experienced musicians taught amateurs how to reach success. He had led a workshop in which a limited number of fans could ask questions and learn from him with the addition of a one-on-one meet-and-greet. Never Shout Never released its fifth album, Sunflower, July 2nd, 2013. A festive EP titled The Xmas EP was released on November 25th, 2013. Uh, I feel like he's not necessarily qualified to teach amateurs how to reach success because he, his success was made through means of a thing that isn't a thing anymore. Yeah, and it stopped, too. <laughs> he went from being 14 like, on the Billboard chart to 194 <laughs> to, as of this, they don't even mention the Billboard anymore. Yeah. So. Because, uh, like, if you became famous through MySpace, that's not a thing anymore that you can do. And then the music industry made a bidding war for you, which is not something that they can do anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, you're talking about, you're t- telling the uh, youth of tomorrow how to get to where you got by way of things that have progressively just kind of collapsed behind you. Mm. Like, you're ref- you're pointing over you're- your back to a bridge that has now sunk into the river. You are uh, Indiana Jones. Yep. And the industry is the boulder. <laughs> yep. Yep. And you've been running away. And so your success story is... Kids, just keep moving. Just keep going forward. Because otherwise, just, that boulder's going to crush you. Just do something and then start running. <laughs> Set off a trap. Leave. Quick. Keep going. Don't look back. Don't look back. Well, look back to make sure the boulder's there. Because you got to have the boulder chasing you to be right. successful. If you don't have the boulder chasing you, you haven't done anything yet. Right. So yeah. You're just walking around. The success is, you know, you, you know you're successful because the boulder is indicative of a trap being set off. Because you have been successful. Yes, exactly. You have the treasure now. Now you just got to keep on running. Only one person can have the treasure. One ring to rule them all. <laughs> um, so uh, in 2014, then, we get another album uh, called Recycled Youth Volume 1. The album will feature reworked songs from previous Never Shout Never releases. And I feel like that's always like a sign that like you're starting to run out of steam a yep. little bit. Um, but yeah, in January 2014, the band announced that the group had begun recording the album and it was expected to be released later that year. Ian Crawford was revealed to have joined the band in early 2014 as lead guitarist. And then the album was released on March in March of 2015. So who is Ian Crawford? He was the guy from Panic at the Disco. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, makes sense. Um, then in twenty fifth, uh, after that, the first song off of their sixth full length album titled "Hey We Okay" was released on June 9th, twenty fifteen. Pre orders for the album were released on iTunes on the band's official store the same day, including a limited. Edi- a limited deluxe bundle where the first 100 orders received one of the items signed. Um, so this is when they released the Black Cat album in 2015. Um, and then... Uh, and now they are currently on the Warped Tour lineup and they are scheduled to play songs from their earlier albums before preparing for the release of Emerald Sun in 2018. 
right. I gotta see what uh, these suckers wanted to get pre-ordered with a same day bundle of a, just a, just a single. Let's let's hear what this what they ordered. Okay, here we go. Video official. All right, so it sounds like. Uh, it sounds like music from the from time the, period. From that the time period that he started in. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, if you're into, like, Taking Back Sunday, Panic at the Disco, all that kind of stuff. And I don't mean new, weird Panic at the Disco. Right. I mean albums old, one and two Panic yeah, at the Disco. Right. Yeah. I mean Panic at the Disco back when it was a band with more than one person. <laughs> That's what I mean. <laughs> But yeah, so not necessarily bad, but it's that kind of music. It's just kind of deadlocked. That's that's the style. Yeah, that's it. And I I feel like the thing is, if that's like a newer song, mm-hmm. it doesn't sound like they evolved as much as those other bands have. No, I f- and I think evolution is how you keep a good, solid fan base, stay relevant, Billboard chart. Rating. Yeah, you want success, <laughs> you want success. You you roll with the punches. You don't yeah. necessarily. I don't know if I would call this artistic integrity too. Is the thing that's weird. Whenever somebody yeah. is an artist and then they do the same thing over and over and over again, like it's cool to have your style. Yeah, but if you can take your style and apply it to other things, I think that's the real sign of like a virtuoso artist yeah. versus just a regular artist who, uh, and not to decry regular artists, still takes an immense amount of talent. Right. But to be able to apply your style to different like canvases, like yeah. this go going from what they were and applying that style to a kind of Beatlesy sort of thing, mm-hmm. made they made it work. You know that yeah. takes that takes some skill. Say what you will about what the transition rendered, but yeah. I mean, I mean that alienated a lot of their fans. I know, right? Still, I, I feel like yeah, that it's it's a tough line to walk because. On the one hand, you have a lot of fans who are like, hey, we want the exact same thing every exactly. every release. And you're yeah. like, why would you want that? You can just listen to that first album again all the time. <laughs> it's, <laughs> and it's, the same, it's the same time every time you listen to it. Yeah. It's, it's the same one. It's great. Like, you know, like you hear that from uh, like Weezer fans a lot. Oh God, like, yeah. I, I just want Blue and Pinkerton again. It's like, well, they already did those. And so now they're doing other stuff. Yeah, they've they've because kind of moved on because literally they're literally 25 years ago. They're in a different uh, period of their life. Yes. And <laughs> they have different feelings and thoughts now. So it's like there has to be some kind of evolution mm-hmm. for good or bad. You know, like even if you have like a misstep here or there and you kind of go in a direction that's not good, as long as you learn from that and like move on to like, okay, well, let's go this other way. Like, as long as you're taking mm. risks and trying something and kind of challenging yourself, yeah, I think that's I what's think, important. I think um, bands that you can kind of see this if you look at the overall work and discography of like other older bands that mm-hmm. became very like uh, famous in their own right really yeah. early on and have had the chance to have a really long career. Uh, my go-to example here is probably the Beach Boys who, mm. you know, Got famous. Their bread and butter songs are, of course, like California, right. like, like surf rock. Yeah, they, they they got famous on surf rock, and then they started getting weird when the Beatles started getting weird because it was mm-hmm. kind of like they were the American Beatles for a little while. Yeah, but then ultimately, um, they tried to adhere to that so much 
that surf rock sound that got them successful so mm-hmm. much after you know they, they they went through their troubles that um they ended up revisiting it and now they're releasing new material again mm-hmm. which is weird because like i think all of them except for one of the original guys is dead <laughs> but they are releasing new material mm-hmm. and like it's based on that like nostalgic old mm-hmm. feel and it doesn't sound good at all because it's just them trying to like yeah. they're out of ideas they're just trying to recycle what got the money before <laughs> yeah more of that <laughs> more of that income forgetting that uh what keeps people drawn in is right. seeing like how creative you can get. Yeah. Uh, not necessarily like trying to recreate, but mm-hmm. to blaze forward. Yeah. Um, and I would say even the Beatles, like I feel like a lot of people don't really give them like the credit they deserve. Like mm-hmm. they did expand their Vastly. style and like, Huge. They they have a wide range of styles throughout their mm-hmm. you know couple year run there like for the amount of time they were banned they arguably have done the most in the way of di- musical diversity yeah. in such a small amount of time pivoting like that isn't something that most bands do yeah. I think so there are some bands that may have tried it but they didn't accomplish it as like gracefully it's you can, right. you can do it but I think it might end up kind of sounding like a hodgepodge kind of more yeah. like a collage or like it's, a it's tough to pull off like make it seem like not just a random mixture of songs like yeah to make it know. seem cohesive yeah give it some sort of bigger picture sort of thing mm-hmm. and the, the Beatles did that really well in a very small yeah. amount of time I mean, say what you will about their influence. I think their yeah. their creativity was just through the roof. It was just really right. good. And like even uh, the monkeys too. Like mm-hmm. they yeah. get kind of pigeonholed into like this certain style, but like really, they did have quite a you know wide range of styles within. Yeah. And they their started. They started and, just trying to kind of like be a fake the Beatles. Yeah, and ended up being like. An actual legitimate musical outfit at the yeah. end of the day, so that was kind and of. They even just released a new album in the past couple of years, and really, and what they did was they had a d- bunch of different uh, songwriters write mm. songs for them to play. So mm. uh, Rivers from Weezer wrote one, and really? uh, cool. Ben Gibbard from Death Cab, Death Cab right? wrote right. one. And they're all like really great songs, and they're huh. just different styles, and the. It all at once it kind of evokes like a nostalgia. Some of them mm. and and some of them just kind of you know sound like song. You know, like it's just it's just a good uh, you know. It's like kind of opposite of what you were saying with the Beach Boys. Like they actually you know can revisit that older sort of yeah. the sound of theirs. It's just but it's just a you know you have to approach it a certain way. I think. I think Instead getting of, some fresh eyes yeah. in on it, some fresh minds in on it kind of helps because yeah. that shakes up the creative process that mm-hmm. much more, which is something that I think if you've become comfortable doing the same thing over and over again, that's what you need yeah. sometimes to kind of like really give you the creative je ne sais quoi of mm-hmm. uh, what you had back in your heyday. And, yeah. You know, I mean, it doesn't need to be people who are in their heyday now even. Like you can bring yeah. people who, I mean, I don't know what, uh, uh, Weezer still does really well on the on the charts, but mm-hmm. I, I mean I don't know what the last Death Cat album that was like really really famous was. I think, yeah, like, I feel like Plans and Transatlanticism were kind of where they peaked. Yeah, popularity and, wise, 
Yeah. And but I but I still feel like you know bringing somebody like Ben Gibbard in mm-hmm. would be a really good thing for somebody like yeah. the monkeys. Like there's a lot it, of like subtlety that he can bring to the table. Oh, absolutely. And I I feel like it's also on the songwriter's part probably a, very freeing to know like hey I'm not gonna have to sing or perform this song so I'm just handing it off to somebody so I can kind uh, of like there's not a, a lot less pressure it. you know and you can kind of be like well I want to achieve a certain thing right in my artistic lens that mm. i know that they could achieve that i can never pull off like right yeah you can, you can look at the writing monkeys. for somebody you could be like all right so i'm writing it for them so i don't have to worry about what i can pull off right which is kind of like yeah that's yeah. that's kind of a nice feeling right yeah <laughs> so yeah yeah I, I think it's kind of just it, it's fascinating to see a band that does like to play the uh, yellow card so to speak uh, and kind of like linger like this so um, yeah not- no, I mean they're like a lot of bands like this I feel like they just kind of stop like they quit being a band after you know like and that may be the problem with being like a one band one man band that has mm-hmm. a name that people recognize yeah. enough people recognize you to keep convince you to keep going but nobody's there to tell you to stop because <laughs> this is actually a bad idea because nobody cares because you're the only one yeah. So if you've decided that like you like the lifestyle, then I mean, good on you, and you can continue it. That's nice that nobody's <laughs> going to like interrupt that for you. But it's just, yeah. um, it almost reminds me of uh, that guy. I forget he has like a similar story actually. Uh, I forget what his name is, what his band name is actually. I don't know how I forget it, but he did that song Fireflies. Oh. uh Al City? Yeah, Al City. Yeah. It, it, this kind of, this whole thing kind of reminds me of him. I love I how, I love how Fireflies... The only thing I've heard about is uh, about Al City is that Fireflies became a meme. And then everybody Did was it? like taking it into different... <laughs> like they were taking, you'll never believe your eyes when 10 million... And then they like fit something else in there. <laughs> or you'll never believe your beds with 10 million pillow heads or something like that. Like, they kept like changing things like that. Like basically making it kind of like a funny, like a mm. uh, uh, surrealist math humor <laughs> thing. Um, but yeah, that's because uh, he also found success through MySpace around the also, same time. Is also one man. Yep. Is also still making music. Yeah, I don't know what the last time I I think the last I know of him, like one of his songs was. Um, good time or whatever it's always a good time it's with, always uh, a good carly time? ray jepson or did he do that oh wait no he's he was part of that song uh yeah 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 good time yep that's his other that's his other single yeah that's like the other one <laughs> <laughs> there are there are one and one <laughs> but hey i mean uh these guys aren't like dead, and the good news is yeah. that they're still making stuff. So yeah, I mean, if it's up to them if at any juncture they want to start doing things that are going to like take them away from this, yeah, or not. I mean, they can always just chill out and wait for the next retro whatever to right. work its way through. Get done. With yeah, the if 80s, they wait like the five, ten years, yeah. you know, I'm sure something will come back around. Because um, usually there's like a reinvigorated thing. I was actually thinking about this the other day. Yeah. I was thinking like, you know why we're seeing so many things like geared towards the 80s now? 
It's because I feel like every 30 years we have a mm-hmm. period of prosperity where things have like socially progressed enough mm-hmm. that we could look back on them with like warm feelings yeah. and everything's like kind of materialistic enough that we are like things back then were cool. These things <laughs> had an aesthetic. Like the 20s, roaring mm-hmm. 20s, the 50s, very iconic time for TV. 80s is what we're on now. Yeah. And it's almost exactly 30 years well, prior to also, where we're at. Also, 30 years is like a generation. So yeah. there's got to be something to that too. Like, But the 30s, the 80s are the 50s for our generation. Right. The 50s were the generation for like the people who were mature in the 80s. The 50s yeah. was like their thing. Mm-hmm. The people who were mature in the 50s, the 20s were probably their thing. Same yeah. thing. But it's like... For whatever reason, it's always those generations that like fall in those thirty-year intervals mm-hmm. that seem to get more of that kind of like yeah. idyllic decade, and the decades in between are kind of like, oh look, depression, <laughs> World War Two, uh, sex revolution, <laughs> uh, civil rights, uh, yeah, drugs, yeah. bad stuff. Like it's just kind of like drugs, nine eleven, like everything in between yeah. is just kind of like, oh well, this is crap. <laughs> and then oh, I was born in the twenties, that was a good era, and I was. An adult in the fifties. Hey, this is great. Yeah. Oh, I was born in the fifties. Nothing was going on then. I'm an adult in the eighties. Hey, this is great. <laughs> like it's just kind of. Yeah. It, it seems it was weird, but I noticed that kind of seems to be yeah, the way I'm things not, have been playing out. I feel like the nineties is something that would probably be noteworthy, or you know, at least of like seeing a resurgence or a like a nostalgia for it, because it definitely had a unique style yeah. to it that stands out but at the same time i don't know if we'll see a nostalgia for it before like you know um before we see a nostalgia for like early 2000s yeah yeah so 2000 zeros yeah or whatever we're, we're, we, be, we are out we have been out of that decade for almost a decade and we still don't have a good name for it i just want to voice my concerns yeah the lost generation is because they didn't have a good name for your years sorry yeah that's what that generation was yeah um but i feel like yeah the next one to come around would have to be the one we're in now i guess it is 20, so the if you don't 2010s. like where you're at right now, hold on. But, but I, wait, I there's like more. <laughs> the problem is that there's not really a good aesthetic for this decade. No, we haven't really driven forth like, I mean, the smartphones are starting to get yeah. like, the smartphones this entire decade have been pretty sleek. We're starting 2010 mm-hmm. forward, 2011 forward, arguably. And at that point, smartphones started to get pretty cool. Yeah. But we don't have... And this is the first decade where smartphones are going to be present the entire time, mm-hmm. the whole thing, end to end. Um, whereas it was only like 2008 forward in the yeah. previous decade. Um, so, and we're talking like this is the first decade where we're going to have hybrid cars, electric vehicles from yeah. end to end that are like mass production and mm. actually competitive. Um, we're going to see a lot of things in the way of like. I don't know. I feel like I don't know. Is hipster style like the entire like aesthetic of this generation? Like you combine yeah. the technology of the future with the clothes of the past, <laughs> and that's 2017s. I mean, I don't know. Maybe like uh, the next nostalgia thing will just be like remembering that we remembered the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> And then, like, trying to recreate our recreation <laughs> of the 80s. I mean, yeah, there are those, like, uh, nested 
Like, I remember when we were in I was middle school, high school, bell bottoms were a thing again for a little while uh, there. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. That was stupid. <laughs> Who did that? Like, why? Yeah. Like, disco didn't come back. <laughs> disco stayed dead. Yeah. But the jeans, the jeans came back. Never figured that one out. Hmm. Don't know. And uh, also, I was just realized that in Back to the Future 2, when he goes to the future, which would have been 2015, hmm. they have an 80s cafe. 30 years. Exactly. It's the Back it's, to the Future rule. Yeah, Back to the Future. Yeah, he goes back to the 50s and he goes forward to the 80s and yeah. then he goes forward to the 2015s. It's yeah. the 30 year rule. Yeah. It's not something that they, I'm the first they to be made observed. That movie but they in made the that perfect decade. They did. They <laughs> like figured it, it out. If they made it in the 70s or the 90s, it would not have worked with the 30 year thing. No. And, and none of the, the technology, the aesthetic, it wouldn't have felt right. The 80s yeah. was like. The only time you could do it. And I'm glad they finished the other two before they got out of the 80s yeah. because you couldn't do it then <laughs> Seriously. either. And if you were going to reboot it, by the way, now would be the time. That's true because you got the 80s and then you got the 40s. Is that? Yeah, that would be the next one. No, 50s. No, it would be the 40s because that's 30, okay, well, they 30 mess- years from the 2010s. 2015, 1985. And 1955. Oh, see, I was going forward to 2045. Oh, 2045. See, the 2040s. If they were, if they were, yeah, no, I see what you're saying. Yeah. yeah, they could go forward. And and I feel like the technology jump would make a lot more sense from here. Because like 30 mm-hmm. years from now is going to be a Crazy. lot crazier than it is or like a lot crazier, like a lot different than it was from the eighties to now. Yeah, by that I'll, point they'll have even, a listening even bill. So there were <laughs> <laughs> it'll be ready to go. I I feel like I don't know, maybe maybe there has been a lot of progress, just not in the ways that they thought. Probably not, or at least it may not have been like spread out the way that they thought it would be. Yeah. Or maybe it's been spread out so much that it didn't end up being as like glamorous as it yeah. was at the time that it was in decades past. I don't know. I feel like smartphones got everywhere real quick. Yeah. And they got cheap fast, too. Like, yowza, did they go from, <laughs> like, being, like, a thing that was, like, universally $200 to being a thing that you can pick up for, like, you can pick up a crappy one for, like, 40 bucks, yeah. brand new, and a crappy one isn't even going to be that dysfunctional. Like, that's yeah. just kind of where we're at now with that technology. So Yeah, the smartphone is, like, what you know, it happened to the personal computer. Yeah. And smartphone is now the size of a calculator fits in your pocket yeah. <laughs> and you can make phone calls on it too. Great. Yep. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> that's, that's true. The aesthetic of the 2010s is like computers aren't necessary anymore. Yeah. You'll see them in a library once in a while, but the big honk and desktops. Yeah. I feel like, like uh, maybe our aesthetic is just laptops and smartphones and, a lack of large appliances. The TVs yeah. aren't big anymore. Computers aren't big anymore. F- smartphones aren't big anymore. Yeah. They're all exactly the size that they are. And no big. <laughs> yeah. I mean, wow, this is a heck of a conversation. Heck of a tangent we've done from just <laughs> never shout never. All one word. Yeah. All three words. All caps. All th- stuff. <laughs> Well, at least they have sparked a conversation. Hey. You got to give them credit. Never shout never, man. (laughs) (laughs) 
Christopher Christopher Drew. By the way, his name is spelled with an F. That's weird to me. Yeah, it's very Nordic. I feel like that's a Nordic thing. Oh, his real name is spelled with a PH, of course. Oh. Of course it is. Christopher Drew Ingle <laughs> had to stylize it a little bit, so just made it a weird spelling of Christopher and then lost his actual last name. Yeah. Oh, here's something interesting. Um, I guess maybe we should go to his article. Um, that's oh, where, about him. That's where yeah. I went. Yeah, let's let's go um, ahead and go there because I feel like that's a good idea. I just saw something interesting on his article. Uh, aside from Never Shout Never, Ew. he was an exper- in an experimental Ew. metal band, Eat Me Raw. <laughs> Ew. Formerly Eat Me While I'm Hot. So, All one word. Yeah. Ew. <laughs> yeah, not, not, not the best name, but interesting that it's experimental metal. That seems odd considering yeah. the music he ended up pursuing. A little bit. Oh, hey, personal life. Here's a little couple of good little tidbits. Uh, at the age of 16, he became a vegetarian and eventually a vegan. There you go. And then there is something here called the Brian Stars incident. On June 3rd, 2012, Never Shout Never was interviewed by YouTuber Brian Stars. All one word. <laughs> Again. Ingle ended the interview early, calling his show a joke and that his questions were bullshit leaving stars in tears. <laughs> Ingle later claimed to have taken acid before the interview and was arrested for possession of marijuana later that day. Later Not that a good day. day. Yeah. Wow. Like, that's quick. Yeah, yeah. That's why you don't get in possession of another drug while intending <laughs> to take another drug. Like, Just do one. Yeah. You don't need to have some... You, you already found the one. Why are you insecure about your ability to get the other one? Like, you don't... Don't worry about it. Just... Yeah. On February 10th, 2015, another interview with Ingle was uploaded by Stars. Both stated that they had reconciled prior to the interview and are now on good terms. Hmm. I love I love the idea of going vegan only to like take random LSD. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I'm doing all natural things. By the way, I'm doing heroin. <laughs> What's the point? <laughs> Why? <laughs> like, okay, you eat well, but then you also accidentally became addicted to the most addictive substance on earth that has killed like <laughs> thousands of people all right it, it, that 2012 hmm. um yeah he doesn't seem i mean i don't know i guess this is just stereotyping musical genres but it doesn't seem like he would be in the kind of person that would take acid he doesn't he seems like uh i can see marijuana but not acid i don't think yeah i don't think he seems like he's maybe that's why he maybe he just chose a weird time to try maybe, it maybe <laughs> instead of pursuing creativity musically he was just like ah, i'll just see what else i can do because i want to keep doing the same music so i'll expand other places yep eat him was while like, he's well, hot. that was a bad idea <laughs> eat him while he's hot what a weird oh the okay so <laughs> So this experimental metal wasn't before he was uh, his own little emo band. It was in the middle. 2010 and 2012 is when he released those metal albums. And the weird thing is is that his band is exactly the same, like, composition-wise, except that, like, one person that isn't in... 
uh, Never Shout Never is in Eat Me Raw still. <laughs> and I think it's interesting that Eat Me While I'm Hot went to Eat Me Raw because one would imply <laughs> that you were cooked and another one is a lack of having been cooked. <laughs> Very different concepts. This, unlike yeah. Never Shout Never, underwent a substantiative change. <laughs> That's a chemical true. one, even. It did not just change um, grammar and punctuation. Yes, it had an actual concept change. They went from liking steak to liking sushi. <laughs> Which is actually completely invalid because, again, Christopher Drew is allegedly a vegan. True. So, so uh, I, guess, I guess he could eat carrots raw or... Or cooked. Oh no! But look at the song names. The project originally started as a joke, but soon developed into a serious band. You never want to do that. Uh, you, gotta, <laughs> you gotta hard walk that line pretty hard. Yeah. If you're gonna start, you commit. Yeah, if you're gonna start a joke band, keep it a joke band. <laughs> Don't let it become serious. Alternatively, you can't start a serious band and then, upon like receiving the Razzies for music or whatever the equivalent is, decide it's a joke band. No, yeah. no, 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 no. One or the other. Take your pick. <laughs> In any case, the project uh, released songs like, and these are all, all one word: <laughs> "Cough Kid Cough," "I Beat Girls at Sports," and "I Hit a Squirrel to Change My Life." Were released on MySpace. <laughs> As the songs were released, the band got more and more popular, and the members began to take it seriously. During this time, the band also changed their name to Mr. Owl. What? (laughs) What? (laughs) Why? That's okay. All right. Let's let's soldier forth. (laughs) The group released their debut extended play, All My Friends, on July 7th, 2009, as Mr. Owl. The song, The Point was released on as a single on 200 limited edition CDRs on Never Shout Never's tour with the band Hello Goodbye. To support their new EP, the group started to perform shows as Mr. Owl in the winter of 2009. The song X Burrito X uh, was released as a digital single on December 11th. The band then changed their name from Mr. Al to Eat Me While I'm Hot when Tootsie Roll Industries threatened a lawsuit uh, with what? their new well, Mr. Al from the uh, Tootsie Pop commercials. One, two, yeah. three. <laughs> the world may never Why know. Why does Tootsie Roll care so much about this band? antiquated advertising <laughs> campaign? Like, I don't know. This band is no threat to their supremacy whatever. over the lollipop <laughs> with sweet like, Chocolate, chewy, center, insert, I domain. Mean, uh, I don't know how popular Never Say Never was in the first place, but I'm sure Mr. Owl was not as popular as that even. I I really don't think so. I feel like there would just be, like, there's, the <laughs> Mr. Owl's not even on the Tussie Pop rappers, man. Like, yeah. just, you know, that commercial's <laughs> from 1970, okay? It hasn't been on. It's gone. Yeah. Let it fly. <laughs> Let the owl go. It would be wise. Yeah. So they changed their name back to Eat Me While I'm Hot. Uh, all Tootsie Roll Industries had to do was threaten them with a lawsuit. So that's interesting. <laughs> their, with their new name, see, old name, the band <laughs> began to record their debut album. 
which is weird <laughs> that they went yeah. from their old name, switched their name, released an EP, then switched back to their old name, <laughs> and then released an album. Oh my god, this is chaos. Yeah. Uh, X album X uh, <laughs> was released on July 26, 2010. 300 limited editions, physical uh, editions, <laughs> limited editions, physical editions of the album. <laughs> Or at least limited edition, physical edition. The limited edition, physical <laughs> edition. Um, they were released through an online pre-order. The album received mostly negative <laughs> reviews from critics, but still charted 46th on the Billboard Heatseeker albums chart. Not to be confused hmm. with the 200 itself. Uh, the non-album single "Get Up and Die," oddly stylized without X's or as one word, <laughs> uh, was digitally released on January the fourth, twenty eleven. After the release of the album, the band went into an unofficial hiatus to work on "Never Shout Never's Time Travel." "Eat Me While I'm Hot" returned at the end of twenty eleven with the single "Damn Straight." The exclamation point in the band name was dropped because they just can't leave this alone, can they? Yep. Caleb Dennison left the band to focus on his solo career, a thing that probably happened in Never Shout Never as well, but yeah. that we never actually talk about. <laughs> um, on March 2nd, 2016, uh, 2012, pardon me, their second album, Mushroom, was released. The album features an extreme metal sound <laughs> uh, rather than the experimental punk genres the band employed on every other release. It also received mostly negative reviews, and this time did not chart. <laughs> Four music videos were filmed for the album songs. The band later changed their name to Eat Me Raw and are currently in the process of writing an album called Mucus. Hmm. Good. Yeah. I hope it's a very phlegmy album <laughs> for them. hope they have a fun time doing that. <laughs> well, that is... Uh, some pretty good uh pretty good venturing into music that we didn't know happened during yeah. a time like they were, these were bands that were touring with bands that we did know so it's like they were just on the periphery the entire time yeah well so there you have it from sunflower never shout never to never shout never album to eat me raw so uh, hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> um, yeah, it was a good conversation for a, a yeah, yeah. couple of bands that couldn't decide on what their name was. Yeah, they're the same band. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I'd like to thank Louis Armstrong for our theme song. And uh, this week we'll have Al Jolson for our outro song. Uh, good old Al. Yeah. So thanks again for joining us. I was Eric. I was John. And this was the Wikipedia Chronicles. morning when the day is dawning and the morning sun begins to rise. And your sleep is gone, you will stretch yourself and yawn and open up your eyes. And I'll be waiting for you. And I'll say, how do you do? Good morning, sweetie. Good morning, sweetie. And then you'll say good morning too. But we will not linger. I will place upon your finger, dear, a wedding band. It'll be grand. We'll hurry, hurry, hurry to the preacher man. Or say, he's a man. And then you'll whisper in my ear. Oh, daddy, how did you get here? 